That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, former mayor of a California beach town and best-selling author, Debbie Peterson. We're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Shamika Baptist is an author, inspirational speaker behind the strength within. She's a young woman that grew up in the foster care system. Shamika shares her story of resilience and hopes of providing others the courage to persevere in life, regardless of the trials or tribulations you're facing. But before we get started, I do want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Christina Ramirez, a serial entrepreneur bringing her empowerment curricula to audiences everywhere from children to corporations. Her programs have been implemented across 40 states and over 10,000 individuals from children to corporate executives. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 26 global audio and video networks that I mentioned before. Okay, enough of that. Shamika, so great to have you on the Caregiver Dave Show. What an honor. Hi, thank you for having me. It is such an honor to be on your platform. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, I always like to ask my guests the first time, just who is Shamika Baptist and why was she placed on God's green earth. Hmm. Stumped you on that one, huh? <laughs> it really did, but you want to know what? Um, yeah. Shemika Baptist is me, so I am me. And yes. I was placed on God's green earth because I have a mission and assignment that God has assigned me to. So I need to really? live on my purpose. Really? And we'll find out what that mission and assignment is during this interview. Now, in reading your book, The Strength Within, you are clearly very resilient with all you've been through. What are some things that our listeners who are going through trials of their own, burned out caregivers, you know, uh, what can they do on a daily basis to find the strength within them when they care for their loved ones? When caring for your loved ones, although it may be hard, it may be heavy, it may be stressful, Sometimes we need to reflect on the positive in the situation and not the negative. So instead of focusing on the tribulations and the stress and the shortcomings that you may um, come into on a daily basis, look at it as a positive, right? As I always say, for every negative, there's a positive. And so although it's stressful taking care of your loved one, as least you can look at it from a positive perspective that you're still able to have your loved one here with you today. Mm, that's a good answer. I have a follow-up question. Oh, good. I, Thank you. 
I know you were in the foster care system, and um, I'm wondering if if you must have learned some things about caregiving there, how to how to do it well, and how maybe not to do it so well. What 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 advice can you give to folks about how to be a good caregiver? I think to be a good caregiver, it is um, led by example, right? And so we come to a point in time in our life where we know right from wrong. And so even if you may come from a, an upbringing that maybe wasn't so healthy or, you know, may have been traumatizing, you come to a certain point in life to where you understand right from wrong. And so with caregiving, um, the golden rule of treat others how you would want to be treated. I think that's how we have to look at caregiving, right? We are all going to come to a point in time in our lives where we're all going to get old and, you know, hopefully go to heaven. And in those moments, you have to reflect and say, hey, if I were in this situation where I have a loved one or maybe you don't have a loved one, how would you want someone to care for you? How much compassion would you want them to have for you and understanding that despite who you are, where you come from, or your shortcomings, whatever background you have, everyone deserves to be cared for. Everyone deserves love. Everyone deserves empathy and compassion. And so I think that when we think about the golden rule, that's where the um, foundation of caregiving comes from. So where did you get all your caregiving experience from? Now, everyone has their perspective of caregiving. Um, believe it or not, um, you don't always have to look at it from a perspective of caring for someone sick. Mm -hmm. um, if you are a parent to a child, Absolutely. you are a caregiver. Right. Um, so I am a caregiver to my son. Um, and we also have our little, um, our little dog. But outside of that, um, I think growing up in my years, again, it was learned. Um, I think caregiving is more of a um, personal journey. And when I say personal journey, meaning depending on your perspective and your outlook of the type of care you want to provide for that person, it will basically bring to fruition the type of caregiver that you are. Does that make sense? Yes. So to me, caregiving is not taught. It's okay. not a taught treat. You can't really teach someone how to be a caregiver. You want to be the best person that you can be to provide for that person um, and to literally love on them and have empathy for them, or you don't. But caregiving yeah. is not something that's taught. Compassion is not taught. Yeah. Uh, better felt than telt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you speak about uh, shifting your mindset. Can you elaborate more on some examples? When I speak about shifting your mindset and cognitive reframing, as I always say, for every negative, there's a positive, right? Yeah. And so when caring for your loved one, you can either look at it as a burden or you can look at it as a moment of cherishing the last moments that you'll have with your loved one. Right. It's all about uh, perspective. And so for the negative, your loved one, you know, is in a time where they need you or not even your loved one. It might you may be a nurse, right? A nurse is still a caregiver. But in that moment and in those times, 
if you don't look at it like it's a burden and you genuinely want to care for this person and genuinely make sure that they are okay and you genuinely have that love for their well-being, you embrace the moments for what they are, you accept people for who they are, and the caregiving is not a burden, right? right? You look forward to each day that you have with that individual. That is so true. You know, um, I have 34,000 Facebook followers who are caregivers, and many of them, you know, complain and and they are just so negative. And, and then the other ones talk about how they're, they're so privileged and grateful and honored to be able to do this for their loved one, you know, and they're, they're really doing the same job, you know, with the same nasty duties, et cetera. But it's all about mindset. One is looking at it as an experience that is going to be temporary and it'll be gone. You know, when their mother's gone, they're going to miss her. And um, many are so grateful for the moments that they spent in their last moments, you know. But uh, you use a lot of positive affirmations. Can you give us some examples and explain how this can help caregivers just by being positive? <laughs> yes. So as a caregiver, a positive affirmation that you can state is today is going to be a great day. Um, today, I'm going to embrace the moment that I have with my loved one or the person that I'm caring for. Mm -hmm. um, instead of looking at the day as a long day, state today will be a great day. So when we speak affirmations of I am, I will, you're right. able to now shift the positive thoughts into positive actions, which form a positive reality. And so when caring for your loved one or, again, if you're a nurse and you have someone to care for, instead of looking at it like, oh, today's going to be a long day, how about you say today is going to be a great day, right? Yeah. And so by you shifting that mindset and now looking at it from a positive perspective and a positive outlook, your day is only going to be bad if you put that out to the universe. And that's what forms a negative reality. That's right. I totally agree. And, you know, uh, Debbie and I both do that, the uh, positive affirmations, positive declarations, because, you know, our subconscious has inherited a lot of junk, a lot of baggage from from birth, from within the womb. You know, it heard and has recorded everything it ever heard about us, good, bad, ugly, whatever. And so a lot of us need our um, subconscious is reprogrammed and it takes positive affirmations, positive declarations, writing them down, reciting them 20, 25 times a day, uh, writing them down 10 times a day and doing it every day for six months. And the subconscious is kind of dumb, stupid. It just, it will believe whatever it's told, whether it, it can't tell what's true or not. But if you keep telling yourself, you know, I'm no good, I'll never get that job, you know, uh, they're going to fire me. Uh, nobody likes me. I have no friends. Guess what? Your subconscious will ensure that that all comes to pass. But on the opposite token, if you repeat the positive things, there's a very good likelihood that that will come to pass as well. You know, nothing is guaranteed in life. But uh, if you're doing the negatives, I think that is guaranteed. <laughs> I think that's correct. Yeah. So that's great advice for caregivers. Debbie, you got a follow up question? Yeah, um, you speak about how you kept your faith throughout the years. What role does that uh, faith play in your life? 
So for me, um, I am a God-fearing person. So I understand that everyone does not believe in God. However, I do. Um, throughout my life, from a young child, I prayed to God. And what I realized is that when I was on a negative track, I had shied away from God. I started losing my relationship with him and I started going the wrong way. And then when I reconnected with him and I got closer to God and I realized, oh my gosh, my life started turning around to be positive. And so I've always made sure that in life, I keep my relationship with God very close, you know? Um, a lot of people say, you know, well, Shamika, you don't go to church every Sunday. I am a firm believer. You do not have to go to church every Sunday to have a relationship with God. And so, no, I don't go to church every Sunday. However, my relationship with God is very close. And sometimes um, we have to self-reflect and understand that when your life is in disarray, right, and you're going through these traumas and these shortcomings, how pure is your spirit? You know, how pure is your heart? And so that's, for me, faith is a very big thing. I think um, faith is not taught. It's another one of those things where either you have it or you don't. And um, I have it. And I think that me having it is a reflection of my reality today. Yeah. Uh, another thing is that... Um... Be going to church every week doesn't necessarily make you a believer or a Christian. Just like, you know, being a, a bagel in a bakery doesn't make you, you know, a bakery. So uh, good point. Exactly. There. As a caregiver, what are some of the best practices we can use to make it easier to care for our loved ones? Best practices. That's a term everybody, all the corporations say, here's the best practices. In other words, We've, there are many ways to do something, but we've examined it. We've realized that this is the best, most efficient way of doing it. I assume that's what you mean. To me, um, I believe that one of the biggest best practices is embracing the moment for what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Embrace the moment for what it is because one day this moment will become a part of your past. And once it does and this moment passes, you can never change it. And so with caregiving, understand that, yes, it's hard in this moment, right? But as soon as this moment passes, it becomes a part of our past. Are we going to allow this moment to handicap us or are we going to allow it to give us strength? And that's where the positive um, mind shift and the cognitive reframing comes in because if you're focused on the negative in that moment and you're not embracing the beauty in that moment, you're actually handicapping yourself. Um, you are bringing yourself to further shortcomings because there is beauty in every negative. And I think that once you embrace it um, and you don't let it stress you out because it's going to be there, right? You're a caregiver today. You'll be a caregiver tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And in each moment, there's a lesson. Now, what you take from the moment and the lesson you learn from the moment is up to you. But each lesson that we go through and each moment that we go through is very pivotal. Mm. And so when you go through these moments, just embrace them for what they are. And I think when you do that and you self-reflect, you know, one day your loved one may not be there anymore 
or this person that you're caring for may not be there anymore. Don't you want to have positive memories? Don't you want to embrace the good times? Even if they weren't all good, at least mm -hmm. you have them. Right. Oh, I love that. I love it that you think you, you look forward to how you'll look back, that, yeah. that you want to look back on some good times. And so we have the option of creating those good times to look back on. I just love that. If, um, if you could give a piece of advice for a caregiver struggling to find the strength within to do that, what would, what would your advice be? I think my advice would be get it together because it could be worse. You could be in a situation <laughs> to where it could be though. Right. And so yeah, when absolutely. I say it could always be together, worse. It, <laughs> it could always be worse. Right. And so when we look at it from that perspective, the biggest thing I can say is get it together because one of two things could happen, right? And we know they are for sure and guaranteed. Either your loved one may not be there anymore or two, you may be in the same situation one day, yeah. right? As your loved one. And you might be in this situation to where, let's just be honest, karma is a mug. <laughs> and so that karma, she has a way of coming back around and teaching us lessons when we need them. And so if you're a caregiver struggling to find the strength, I'm just letting you know, you need to get it together, right? Because, again, it could be worse. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. So let's talk about your book here for a moment. <laughs> Um, what, why did you write it? What do you hope your listeners will learn from it? And, um, how is it that you came about to writing it? I mean, what was, what was the motivation? What happened? Did you go through something? So, yes, I went through life. Um, I was, mm. um, in foster care and then I was adopted and that was an abusive situation. And I went back into foster care again. And I think that, um, for me, I wanted to share my story and my journey with the youth in the foster care system for them to understand that you are never alone and, and you are not the only one who has gone through the abuse, the neglect, the abandonment. Um, you, you know, there are so many, um, emotions that come behind being a product of the system, but I want them to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And you're going to be okay. And whether you see it now or you um, endure it later and you see it later, you're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I realized with writing my books, and I've always said I was going to, you know, write, but mm. I started and then I stopped and I started and I stopped. I think that um, for me in writing my books, I realized that my message is actually universal, right? Because we all need to find the strength within. Um, we all, it doesn't matter your traumas or your shortcomings, whether you grew up in foster care or you grew up in a two-parent household or you grew up in a single-parent household or with your grandparents. We all have some type of traumas and shortcomings. But I think that um, the inspiration behind it, knowing that you're not alone, Especially in the last few years, you know, a lot of people felt alone. And um, I think that when we realize that you come to a point in time to where you become your own biggest obstacle, your resilience begins with you. 
And so if you allow depression and trauma, and I suffer from it as well, but if you allow it to handicap you, it will. If you allow that trauma and that depression to hold you down, it will. And so I'm just trying to inspire. Um, I really hope that more youth in the foster care system hear my message and they just understand like your time is not over and God has a purpose for you. And don't allow someone to make you think that you will end up in prison or end up dead or end up on welfare or end up broken. Um, a lot of these statistics and um, analogies that society has about foster children are very negative. Um, you always hear how foster children become a product of the system. However, we don't hear many stories of the resilience, right? You see it in movies, that's fine. But how about your everyday regular people to be able to connect with someone and, and get that connection? That's what I'm trying to do. Well, have you seen any evidence yet that your message is reaching the people that could change the foster care system? You're hoping that this book will certainly have a, an influence on it, don't you? So I have seen some evidence. Um, I'd rather not share what it is because it's more of a personal journey. However, I see evidence every day. Um, a prime example of the evidence is that I am sitting here with you today and sharing my message and my journey. Um, a year ago, even six months ago, I was not here. And uh, so by me having the outlets and the platforms such as this, I am living in my destiny and my purpose. And yes, this is living proof that my message is being spread. And other people who hear your message or read your book uh, who had similar backgrounds will perhaps be empowered enough to share their message. And the more people that share their message more likely that the system will change, yes? Yes, but honestly, at this point in time, the way the world is going, um, whether you grew up in foster care or not, I think we all need that inspiration, and that's where the self-reflection comes in of where it could be worse, right? And I've been in those situations to where it was worse, and then it got better, and then it got worse. Mm -hmm. um, but when we realize that there is somebody out there that is in a worse situation than us. That is where the strength within comes from because you understand that even though you went through those shortcomings, you conquered it. And so, yes, it would be great to reach as many foster children as I can, but as a person, sometimes we need to be able to relate and understand that, dang, I need to self-reflect, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I went through this, but look what she went through, right? Yeah. Or look what he went through. Yeah. You know, you alluded uh, back then that not everyone believes in God. What would you say to the people who haven't yet found God or don't, uh, you know, maybe they weren't brought up in a household uh, of going to church or anything like that, and God is a foreign uh, notion to them? Uh, maybe uh, you can convince them uh, in a few minutes <laughs> uh, how having faith can make all the difference in the world. I know that's a tough job, but see what you can do. If you don't know what it's like to have a relationship with God, I would just start talking. I would sit in a quiet room or be in a quiet room or if you're driving in the car and just start having a conversation and see what you'll realize is 
even though he's not physically here, God listens and he hears everything. And so just start having a conversation. Start having a conversation and start praying. I think you'll start seeing some results. It's okay to even let him know, God, I don't know if you exist, but I want to talk to you. And I just need some clarity right now. Start the conversation out like that. See, he already knows, but he wants you to acknowledge yeah. that you don't have a relationship with him so he can bring you closer. And so I think the first step in acknowledging that God is real and keeping your faith is a must. Um, that first step of acknowledgement is where you'll see that shift once you start to become closer and have a better, better relationship with him. Again, yeah. it's not taught. Either you want it or you don't. Right. <laughs> right. And and God's presence and existence cannot be proven, you know, and then it ca exactly. cannot be disproven either. So anyone who doesn't believe in God, uh, that's just something that they, you know, maybe uh, are ignorant about. And so they shouldn't assume that he doesn't because if he's there, okay, and of course I'm of the assumption that of course he's there because uh, everything in creation has a creator. Everything that man has made has a creator. It was a man or a woman. And uh, everything in nature that we can't duplicate, we can't duplicate a baby. You know, we, we may try to do them in test tubes, but we're using, you know, God's sperm and God's egg, and we're making a baby. So we really didn't do it ourselves. And, and even though you don't believe in him, Mm -hmm. Rest assured that he believes in you and he's rooting for you because he made you and he made you in his image. And like I said, uh, if you don't believe that, hey, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. You've got the rest of your life to come to that knowledge and that awareness. And uh, hopefully that will happen. But great advice. Just talk. Talk to him. No, yeah. I think I Please agree with up. you. Um, I think that was very well said. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Thank you. I think that you're right. And um, elaborating, it is. Either you want it or you don't. Yeah. It's Debbie not taught. Debbie, you want to put a cherry on that before we uh, go? <laughs> oh, I think the talking to him is absolutely right. And the, the saying, okay, you know, if you're there, show me. And in my experience and the experience of anyone I've ever talked to who's asked that question is he does. He does. Yeah, he, he does things that only you would know. Nobody else does. So, you know, mm -hmm. he's a great God. And um, with that, I have to say, I, we could talk about this subject for hours, but unfortunately, time is the enemy, and uh, time has gone so fast. Shamika, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your testimony. How can listeners reach you and uh, get a hold of your book or ask you questions or send you an email? So you are able to um, find me on Instagram at the Strength Within official page. Or you're able to um, visit my website and you can connect with me through my website at www.the-strength-within.com. And our former mayor, Debbie Peterson, is very successful in getting people to get involved in government since she was a former mayor and was able to remove corruption uh, from her little beach town. Uh, how would people get a hold of you, Debbie? The easiest way is mayordebbie.com, and you can find my books on Amazon. Um, they're all in the Integrity 101 series. Cool. 
And just remember that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on your favorite platforms. And about my number one best-selling book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world. It's available wherever books are sold and also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com, where you can also schedule a free 30-minute initial coaching call to talk about whatever you're struggling with. only takes about 30 minutes of wisdom to make things all better quite often. And I invite you all to join my Caregiver Dave Facebook online support group. It's a community of 34,000 caregivers, lots of tools, resources, videos, this radio show, and much more. And I'm just trying to keep as many of you caregivers who are dying because most caregivers, uh, 30% of them do die before their loved ones do. And uh, we're trying to stop and break that statistic. And hey, uh, if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. So thanks again to all my listeners out there. Thank you, Shamika. Thank you, Debbie. And for those tuning in all over the world every Wednesday, helping us to be the number one caregiver podcast uh, and radio show on the Internet. So until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you. Bye-bye. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.